Welcome to Rush Hockey Talk, brought to you by Rush Hockey, trusted guidance, unrivaled success. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Katorji, and this is our podcast series. This is definitely the place to be if you want to learn how to pave your way to the world of youth hockey. So get ready, because you're going to hear some amazing interviews with premier personalities, coaches, scouts, players, celebrities. We got them all. Rush Hockey for over 25 years, experts in evaluation, over 10,000 alumni. It's unmatched. It's Rush Hockey Talk, and it's here. Hi, everyone. Here we go again with another Rush Hockey podcast. It's called Rush Hockey Talk, and we have another pretty experienced and interesting coach. By the way, a lot of these coaches I've grown up with, they all seem to have played in my Prospects Hockey Tournament in the day, and here's another one. This is Josh Skiba. I've known him now for probably, Josh, over 10 years, I think. And I would have seen you play a long time ago as well. And presently, you're the head coach, Union College, formerly with Colgate and Niagara University. Thanks for attending our uh, podcast today, Josh. It's uh, much appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having us. No problem. So let's get on that prospects thing again I, I we've interviewed a couple college coaches all of them have played in that prospects event Do you remember playing in it uh, when you were a kid I do I, I played in it uh, many years a um, couple of years I think we would go uh, with our honey bake team and we would compete with uh, with them and then I remember going actually one year uh, actually Steve Ott's dad Butch Ott was our coach played for the Ardmore Aces and uh, we actually played that year. We had a bunch of uh, a lot of Canadian kids, a few American kids, um, and I remember that was probably the best experience that we had. Our team was was just loaded. I mean, we had a ton of like first round OHL draft picks, um, a bunch of high end NCAA kids that that uh, are probably still playing right now. Um, you know, kids like TJ Hensick. Um, I know Matt Hunwick was, I believe, on the team. Um, just just a lot of kids that were very very talented. Um, and that was probably one of the best experiences, just being around Butch and, and, you know, some of those Canadian kids as well. Our team was, was just loaded with talent. Yeah, Josh, I know you went to Notre Dame. Where did you, where did you play junior at before, uh, you went to Notre Dame? Yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to play at the, the US NTDP for two years, um, right before college, um, which, which was unbelievable. I mean, just, just being in that program for, for two years and how you train and, uh, the preparation that you have and, and playing international teams and playing USHL teams, North American league teams at that time. And, um, you know, your U18 year, you get to play a college schedule. So uh, just playing there for two years was, was unbelievable. Um, you know, and I actually, as a sophomore in high school, I was able to play for, for the CompuWare junior team in the North American league, um, which I actually think helped, uh, helped me set, set up for the uh, U S team as well. So um, I was very, very, very lucky. Yeah, I remember. So I played in Waterloo in the USHL, and when we played against you guys, you guys all had full cages on, and it was uh, <laughs> you guys are a little ruthless with your sticks. I remember hating, hating I, playing I, against you guys. I can imagine, probably just immature kids. Yeah, just don't know how to handle the uh, the half shield environment yet, for sure. Yeah, Josh. So extensive experience as a player, that's for sure. Those were quite exceptional summer teams that you would have played on. And that USNTDP team would have been also quite exceptional. So you made the transition to coaching. Where was your first coaching job? What was that experience like? 
Yeah, when I was uh, done playing after my first year, um, I was kind of debating whether I wanted to go back and play. Um, again, I had some opportunities to go play over in Europe, and I was actually looking at getting into coaching. And I applied for a couple jobs, and um, the Niagara University job came open on the women's side. And I wasn't too familiar with anything on, on you know, in terms of women's hockey. Uh, we didn't have anything at Notre Dame in, in terms of a, a Division One women's team, so I wasn't too familiar with anything that went on there. But um, I was really lucky. I, I connected with a few people around me that that I saw as kind of mentors, I guess, basically, and they said give it a shot. And um, I was lucky enough to to get a phone interview from from Margot Page, the the head coach at that time. And uh, she hired me pretty much two days later. So I, I remember actually it was a quick process just driving out there and not having any place to live. Um, found a place to live uh, the minute I walked onto campus and, um, you know, probably showed up a week, I think, before the regular season game started um, and then ended up spending uh, my first three years there as an assistant coach. So uh, very, very lucky to get that. So did you ever think that you'd end up a full-time head coach in women's hockey. Women's hockey is about 25 years old. It's really not that old. And I would think that you would have initially been thinking, boy, Ontario Hockey League, college hockey, pro hockey, coaching. I would have imagined that would have been on your mind, but all of a sudden life led you to women's hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I think after, after the first year uh, at Niagara, um, you know, we, we were lucky enough, uh, Chris McKenzie came on board the, the second year as a head coach. And, you know, at that point, you know, probably during my first year, or even before I started, yeah, absolutely. Do, do I want to coach men's college hockey, um, you know, or potentially move up the ranks and, and potentially get into to pro hockey? I think that was kind of the initial mindset. Um, but after that first year, and then when, when Chris McKenzie came in and, and I was able to learn a, a lot from him, um, just, just coaching on the women's side, I thought was fantastic. I was able to, to recruit coach. Um, the players were receptive to feedback and it, it was amazing that the stuff that you would learn on a daily basis, I thought was, was fantastic. And I just liked, uh, the athlete's ability to retain, you know, information and they, they wanted to, they wanted to learn. And I thought that was cool. So, um, I think it just became more about staying on, on the women's side because I knew, Hey, I, I can, I can make a difference. And, um, I enjoyed, you know, recruiting and, and coaching, and I felt as if I would make the move to to the men's side. Uh, honestly, I'd probably be more of a, a recruiter and, and just constantly on the road. And, um, you know, I think, you know, looking out, I mean, you know, I wanted to have a, a family eventually and just continue to, to progress there too. So I enjoy the women's side. Um, never, never probably thought it would last this long. And, um, you know, here I am today, I guess, uh, you know, probably whatever – 11 years later. So um, it's been fantastic. Yeah, Josh, I remember having the same thoughts when I got into coaching and, you know, wasn't too familiar with, with the women's game and those few years there at Elmira, but I really appreciated it. I really uh, got to have a, a better respect for, for the women's game and, and these athletes. They're, they're legit. And it was, uh, I remember thinking the same thing, like what's women's hockey all about, but it, it was a total pleasure uh, coaching the girls. Um, I wanted to ask you what, so moving on from Niagara, how did you get to Colgate then? Yeah, so I uh, went through an interesting experience at Niagara. We The last year I was kind of the default head coach um, for the year. And, uh, you know, it came around March or so that the program actually folded at Niagara. And uh, I remember just being caught a, a little bit off guard by that entire process. And, you know, we spent probably the, the better part of, of March of that year just trying to find the players' places to play. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, you don't really think about yourself, I guess, going through that process, trying to find the athletes places to, to go and new homes. Um, and then, you know, really, I was lucky enough to get a job at, uh, at Colgate. I think uh, Greg Fargo uh, was a head coach there. I got hired in June and he actually hired me. I started in uh, early August and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was fantastic. He, he, you know, I started with him and, and tried to just stay in touch with him through the entire process. I didn't know much about him. Um, I knew it from him, from his days at Elmira and, uh, the reputation he, he grew with just as a recruiter and as a human being. And, um, you know, I just tried to try to stay persistent with that process. And he actually you know, gave me an opportunity and, um, I was lucky enough to, to be there for four years because I learned a, a, an unbelievable amount from him. He's gone on to be, become a terrific coach and obviously has a great thing going at Colgate. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's got a gift, I think, with, with just the way he connects with players. Um, obviously a fantastic recruiter. Um, but just, I think, going through that experience, um, there was no way I was ready to, to be a head coach after leaving Niagara. Um, I think going through the Colgate experience to, to develop – you know, some more skills and, and just understand how to, how to teach and, and how to coach, um, you know, I, with, with, um, you know, different mindset basically. And, and he, you know, he brought up things that, that, um, out in me, I guess, and characteristics out in me that I think I needed for, to become a head coach and, uh, just a very valuable four-year experience. I remember actually our conversations, Josh, after Colgate, when you were, trying to apply for the union job and we're going to get into union hockey right now. Um, I remember, I tell you with a lot of coaches in inter the interview process, it is, it is pretty intimidating. I remember our conversations about it. Tell me about the union process itself for you. What was your fears? You were of course wanting to be a head coach. Did you have any fears? How, how did the inter interview process go for you? And how did you feel about coming into a program that was struggling? We all know that you've turned it around, but what was it like? Was it intimidating for you at all? Um, I think anytime you look at a head coaching opportunity, especially as an assistant coach, I think there's a, a, a you know, general fear of, you know, are you, are you ready yet? Uh, do you feel prepared to take on a program? And, and really be in charge and, and make those, you know, important decisions. I think as an assistant coach, you get the benefit of, of making emotional decisions and there's no uh, real repercussion for different things. And I think being a head coach, you got a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more things in the line. And I think, you know, just that general fear of, of that, I think is, is always in the back of your mind. But I think going through the process, um, you know, when I looked at the union program and, and coming off of, of Colgate, I knew, you know, hey, here's a team in our league that, uh, it's kind of going through the same thing that we did at Colgate where, you know, we had to build uh, a team there and, you know, union needs to go through a build. It wasn't even like a rebuild because they've never, and, and we still have yet to, to make a playoff berth in the program history, but um, you know, just, just an opportunity. I mean, people, you hear different things from the outside saying, Hey, you know, union's a dead job. It's, there's just financial aid. There's no scholarships. They're non Ivy school. And, I wanted to get here and kind of see this place for what it was. And when I got here through the interview process and just met with people like our AD, um, you know, like our, our people that are working here, you know, whether it be at the rink, our strength and conditioning coach, uh, our athletic trainers, our professors, different people that are around campus here. I mean, it's unbelievable. The people are great. 
Um, you know, and I think it certainly helps that, that the people you work with on a daily basis want this program to do well. So, um, you know, to me, it's no secret why the men's team won a national championship in 2014 and, and how they, uh, you know, how they work and, and, and what they did and, and how they competed. And I think, you know, for, for us, um, we're trying to follow that kind of same path and, and, you know, it starts small. We want to be a playoff team, but, um, it was a cool process to go through that. And I thought, um, I want to be part of it. You know, I want to challenge. I want to, I want, you know, I want to take on this challenge and see what we can do and see if we can push this team into a playoff position. I want to develop the kids that are here and I want to do something that's tough. And I don't want to just settle for, uh, you know, going to a place that's already had success. I want to, I want to challenge myself. And I think that was probably the biggest motivation for myself. And then I wanted to find a, a staff that was hungry and, and could connect with our players too. So um, it's been a pretty cool process. We're, we're here three years now as a staff and, um, you know, hopefully the, the, the culture of the team is, is much better um, right now. And, you know, obviously we're still pushing to be a playoff team, but it's been a pretty cool ride so far. You said a real interesting thing to me just a couple minutes, or to us rather, a couple couple seconds ago about coaching. And at the time you said you weren't ready. And I can tell you, we mentor a lot of coaches. And one of the biggest problems we face is coaches tend to have ego. They tend to think that they are ready. And it's it's very impressive to hear a coach say that he wasn't. Um, what is the biggest biggest change that you made when it came to coaching did you change your philosophy style what sort of made you feel that you were ready um i think you know when you get into the the position here i think the biggest thing that i had to change or or continue to evolve was just continuing to educate myself and and how how to be a better communicator on a daily basis and i think that's to me, if you can be a good communicator, you can motivate your players. You know, the X's and O's, I mean, I, I feel pretty confident about those. I, I feel like I know the game, and I know the game's continuously evolving, and we learn that stuff constantly. But I think if you can communicate and, and motivate your players and find ways to uh, deliver messages, educate them with, with life lessons, and, and find a way to do that was something that I felt as an assistant coach um, – probably needed growth for, for me to be an effective head coach. And, you know, whether it be reading or going to different conferences or just, you know, just really uh, listening to mentors like Greg or, or Chris and how they deliver messages and really just kind of formulate your own way of, of coaching. I think that was the biggest growth opportunity that I had as, as a, as a, you know, new young head coach um, to be the best I could for, for our team here at Union. Yeah, Josh, so that's kind of leads into a question here, you know, looking for the players and, you know, talking about, you know, your communication skills uh, with the group that you bring in when you're out on the road recruiting, what are, what are some of the things that you're looking for in players? Or if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what, what are the do's and the don'ts that these players, uh, you know, should be showcasing themselves? Yeah, I think, I think a couple of things that we look for when we go out recruiting, I mean, we, we obviously want to see, um, you know, players that, that think the game at a different level, you know, and I think hockey sense is a premium, especially at the division one college level. You need players that, that think the game, they know how to make plays under pressure. Um, and when you watch them, you know, you, you're constantly seeing them, um, you know, make, make smart plays and smart, smart decisions. And, you know, with that, I think we want to see players that compete um, at the division one level. I mean, you know, the, the old cliche, they're bigger, faster, stronger, and, 
I think uh, players need to be willing to, to compete hard. And, and if someone's, uh, you know, is inconsistent with that, it's going to be difficult for them to, to be an effective Division One player. And then something I think that's a premium for us is just we want to see a passion in the kid that, that just they love to play the game. And, and you know, to me, hockey is, is awesome. I mean, hockey's ruled my entire life and um, our staff loves it. The kids in our locker room, they, they love the game. They, they want to do extra. They want to come during the week and they want to do extra skills. They want to watch individual video. They want to be at the rink. Um, you know, doing extra things because they love it. And it's not, it's not a job to them. And I think I want to see kids that, that genuinely love the game and, and they, they smile, you see them with a smile on their face. They love working hard and it's just a genuine passion. It, it, it rules their life. And um, to me, that makes a huge difference because I know those kids, when, when everything is on the line, those kids are going to enjoy every moment and they're not going to fold under pressure. Um, and they're going to love this entire experience because, I mean, to be a Division One athlete nowadays, I mean, it is, it's a full-time job between practices, games, you know, skill sessions, video, uh, going to class, doing all that stuff. It can become uh, tedious and it can become long if, if you don't love what you do. And I think that's a, a really important piece that we try and find in, in the recruits that, that we bring to campus. 100%. So, Josh, we just have a couple minutes left and I wanted to talk to you quickly about the younger recruiting challenge. So we know the type of player that you as a coach slash scout look for. Do you find it you and your staff a lot tougher now being that there's this trend to recruit younger to find those qualities? Are you struggling with that a bit? I know we've talked a lot about players over the years, but in your opinion today, do you find it a tougher challenge? I think I think what you'll see is is when you go to games and and you know again we we might be different than than other programs in terms of how we recruit, recruit and that might be a different conversation but um, you know I think when you go watch a game and you go watch a, a young kid play a, like say a fourteen U game or, or these younger kids that are now making verbal commitments to, to colleges I think what you'll see is obviously you'll see the talent out there you'll see the skill set. You know, you might see the compete level there, um, you know, maybe the hockey sense a little bit from the, the best players, you know. But when, when I watch some of the, the younger games, I mean, it's really tough because the game hasn't evolved yet. And you really have a tough time identifying, hey, does this kid really think the game well or are they just the best player on the ice? And it's, it's a really tough uh you know, evaluation piece for, for myself, because I, I want to see that kid make plays under pressure. I want to see that kid, you know, handle adversity. I want to see how that kid does when, when, you know, the play is faster, the pace is faster, uh, the players around them are better and uh, you know, how they handle those situations. So I think it's, it's difficult from that perspective. I also think it's difficult because, you know, that the maturity of these kids, I think you're, you're asking a, a 14, 15 year old girl to make these decisions uh, when they're really young, you know, and I think there's there's plenty of time where they can be developing and, and getting better as, you know, human beings, first of all, and then as hockey players when they're that young. And, you know, we're asking them to make decisions to go to college and, you know, come take visits and do all these different things that I think are just um, for, for that for that player, um, I just think they're very immature to, to be able to do those at the best of their ability. Yeah, Josh, as you're talking about these these families and, and these these young women, 
are uh, having to make these decisions as a, at a very early age. And it's, and it's tough on, you know, recruiters and, and coaches to, you know, try to identify someone that young. Do you, do you ever get worried that, you know, you, you made it maybe made a mistake in scouting and is, is that something that you think about with, if you, you know, committed to a kid and, and they're coming in and, you know, I know that, you know, players don't always pan out the way we think, but is that something that, that concerns you? I think that's a big risk. Yeah, I think that's a big risk that that is is going to be happening here over the next uh, couple of years if it continues to trend that way. I mean, you know, you're seeing eighth graders start to commit to colleges now if you if you follow the college commitment board, and um, certainly it's a big risk. Yeah, I mean, those kids have four or five years to develop before they even set foot on your campus, and um, you know, physically, mentally, they're going to go through so many different changes. I mean, they don't you don't even know if hockey is going to be a passion for them in four or five years, and uh, to me, that's a huge risk. Um, you know, and I think also with that, I mean, you're, you're probably going to see a, a trend in, in our game, which is unfortunate, which I think you see on the men's division one side a little bit more is potential where kids might decommit from those verbal commitments, um, you know, earlier in the process, because maybe they made an uneducated decision and they didn't see everything before, uh, whether they're pressured into a decision or they just did something with, without all the information at hand. And I think that's kind of unfortunate parts of this process too. Um, you know, so I think there's there's a lot of different prongs to that, but I think, uh, yeah, we we will see more of that stuff, and it's definitely a risk that uh, the kids hopefully um, will learn and, and grow and make educated decisions as they they progress through their process. Josh Skiba, University, excuse me, Union College, head coach, former Colgate assistant coach, Niagara coach, former player. Really appreciate Josh you coming on and helping us. Congratulations, by the way, on silver medal, Team USA, U18. I'm sure that was pretty awesome. Uh, listen, in in under 30 seconds, tell us a bit about that that experience, then, then we'll sign off. Yeah, it, I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, those those kids are all committed to, to other schools. I mean, I wanted, you know, it's always been my goal to, to be part of that. Um, just working with those kids and, and seeing the fun and the passion that they have in everyday life. Um, to be able to coach them and, and be part of that U.S. process was was amazing. I mean, hey, you know, we're one play away from from beating Canada. We lose in overtime. But uh, I'll tell you, just probably the best coaching experience of, of my life being around those athletes. Okay, buddy, we'll let you go here. Hey, uh, great insights. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on the show here. And uh, we'll talk again soon, Josh. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care, Josh. Take care. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Rush Hockey Talk, the place to be to get informed about youth hockey. Rush Hockey Talk, trusted guidance, unrivaled success.